Presenting East Coast Watchmen Radio 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 Did you understand that? Probably not, but I did. Watchman Radio representing East Coast out of Florida, land of alligators and snakes and frogs. Get it going. We're going to patch in by Faith Allen. I haven't spoken to him. Let's see if he even remembers we're like broadcasting. That'd be interesting if he doesn't. Uh, let's hope he's around. What's up? Boy! Yeah. What's up? How's your audio? Is it whacked out as usual? Let me hear it. How is my audio? You tell me. Sounds like it's stabilizing. You had some distorted static going for a second, but you sound semi-professional, which is better than nothing. What about now? What about now? I'm going to say better, even though it's probably not. Okay. All right. So... Yeah, I finally. I have to. I'm assuming we're not on the air. I have to. We're literally, gotta, literally recording. Oh, okay. Well, I figured out the trick to making the audio work. There you go. Okay. Do you have to tell everybody? Well, I, I was going to like ask brag you about if we're it. on the air, yeah. but instead of you look know, at me, I figured call. something out. Nobody cares, yeah, bro. Okay. okay. I right. thought we were not on the air. Okay. You're okay. on the okay. air, and you're telling everybody that you figured something out. Okay. All right. Okay. What'd you figure you out, bruh? Are you done? I I I I figured out you had to pull the earphone plug thing out and then shove it back oh, in. Oh wow! Do you hear that? I know. I know. Alan pulled out a jack. <laughs> <laughs> this took a month. He pulled a jack out, and he's discerned that pulling the jack out made him better. 
And I went to college. Don't and he went that. to college, this guy. Uh, I get to sound smart. Bring oh, Alan so into the conference room. We want to talk about this. Uh, we've discovered Alan's concept of pulling the jack out is boosting our revenue score by 30% at the end of the quarter. Wow, bring them Isn't in. Get great? the coffees and bagels. <laughs> this is unbelievable, bro. <sighs> All right, so I'm drinking this stuff lately. It's uh, it's like a salsa water Maria gets. I don't know where she gets. She gets at Publix. That's where everybody shops around uh-huh. here, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's like the Florida world I'm in. <laughs> it's weird. But um, it's called uh, Polar Seltzer Orange Flavor. flavor. And okay. uh, let me take a sip right now. Hold on. Brace yourself. Ah. Okay, so I can drink this a lot. Like regular water. This is like bubbly and whatnot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Am I breathing heavily? <laughs> but no, no. Uh, you, but you were. No, I feel like I feel like I'm. Uh, very... Yeah, but this no. stuff is like. I don't know. I would just tell you if you like hate like regular water. To get this, uh, polar uh, seltzer, seltzer water. Yeah, but it, it's orange flavor. I have no natural hatred for, uh, you know, clean, distilled or mineralized water, especially if that uh, expensive stuff in those glass bottles. I forget what it's called. but it's, Are you trying but, um, to dog like my you found concept something. here? I'm trying to tell the people. No, no, man. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to I'm just chiming in. Yeah, you're interjecting like water, your especially. opinion that regular, plain, blanche, regular water is just fine with you. OK, Actually, I, I, I'm. I'm kind of also partial to uh, Zevia sugar-free sodas, and also you know what's uh, you I know like what's good water is that Avion. Really? Uh, is well, I, maybe not. What's the no? I'm sorry. What's the one? Uh, I can't remember. I thought it was like I like it. I like it from a glass bottle. I don't like. I thought it was like water. Yeah. I thought it was like from like Hawaii or something, volcanic water or something. I forgot the name okay. of it. Whatever. But all right, this here, okay. I drank like six of these a day lately, and Maria was surprised because she's like, "Wow, you drink a lot of like water lately." I said, "Yeah, yeah, I do," because I like the taste of this better than regular like Allen water. Which is blanche, non-taste, nothing. Yeah. I like this. Let me take a sip. Ah. All right. Yes. That's, I, I feel refreshed. Does she and, appreciate all the weight you're losing? Uh, well, you, it's not from this. What The, the reason why I'm losing weight and, and so, so fit and... Like in a fighting physique that I'm in, uh-huh. uh, you know, Bruce Leeish, is because uh-huh. I have a rowing machine now. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Rowing machine. And it's great. You could just go on there, watch Newsmax and whatnot, and it was not that expensive. How much I, was it? Like 
two hundred and fifty bucks on Amazon. Okay. Well, I got I got one of those um, uh, rowing rubber bands. You 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 shut oh, it get, between get, the get, door. Come on, bro. It's only thirty five dollars. Oh man. <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to rowing get, machine. Come on, here. Mine Dude, only cost thirty five. You trying to one up me with a freaking rubber band, bro? <laughs> I mean, even Wolfenstein wouldn't do that one. In Wolfenstein's mind, he would have calculated that one up. And he would have been like, do not do it. Do not do it. It would have been blocked. <laughs> but not you. Actually, you. I don't know about him. You come out with a Chris Cornell suicide device. <laughs> yeah, that's what they all use, right? They hang it from the door, that rubber band. Uh-huh. No, I, no, I, I don't want the Chris Cornell suicide device, okay? You keep it. Okay. Uh, that's what it not is. not suicide. Okay. That's uh, what everybody, disagree. Google it. Google it. We, That's what everybody we kindly disagree. All right. Let's go. Okay. All right. Um, well, that sort of reminds me of because all the photos that came out, and it's not just that. We're kind of mm-hmm. miserating how it's used. Uh, they hang it over the door. It's just I don't know why they use that thing like that. Remember the old days? They would like use a rope or something. It's just demonic. Anyway, we're going to um, get into a little bit of word here. And what was I had something to say about something, but I can't really reflect on it. Um, my salsa water, which Alan kind of not interested in, wrote that That's down. Right. Wrote down my rowing machine. He won up me on that with a rubber band. <laughs> so you can't make this up. I mean, it's a giant rubber band. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I get. The, I'm going to get the rubber band. All right. Um. All right, so let's. Where's Eric? He disappeared. He Eric'd us. It's sad. What a weasel. What about the other guy, <laughs> Wolfenstein? Have you called him? I mean, it's after two. He should be up. Wolfenstein's MIA, bro. Again? Man. Wolfenstein. <sighs> we, I guess, you know what? Since we named him Wolfenstein, he's been doing that <laughs> lately. You know, we should have a new nickname for him then. Yeah, because when you think about it, the wolves come out at night, right? Well, guess what? Uh-huh. They Yeah, they're like, you know. So we called them the Wolfenstein, and now he gets up late and comes out at night. That's terrible. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> we'll rename him Sunflower. Yeah, maybe that'll <laughs> That's work. Better, yeah. All right. With that being said, we are fighting the bands. We got a new RSS feed. We got two feeds going on Apple and Google now. We're trying to fight the blocks. All the weird stuff that's going on with our accounts. All right. So we want to talk a little bit here about spiritual warfare today. Incidentally, I follow that girl on YouTube, the Patriot Nurse, and she's talking about how medicines are going to be scarce and, and the... When the S hits the fan, which is coming, um, you got to start weaning off these things, folks. We can't be relying on doctors. You know, incidentally, you should engage in the covenant of the communion prayer with us. We we engage in that, and you could proxy for others. Okay, you can stand for others as you're engaging in the covenant of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, now. We engage, how, how many times a week do we do that, Alan? We do that on uh, Mondays and Wednesdays and maybe even Fridays. 
Yeah, we do it like, I thought it was four times a week. Okay. We do it several times a week. Join our Telegram group. All the announcements of our schedule are there. Get into the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. That's your medicine. That's your healing. The body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay? Amen. Dan was healed of COVID in uh, three hours, and the two days I decided I was too good to do communion, I was a miserable, wretched mess. Because, oh, yeah, I remember uh, that. I remember that. Alan, Alan was too good for it for a while. And, yeah, two uh, whole days, and I re- realized my mistake. And I yeah. said, oh, no. Now, here's the deal. We got testimonies. Okay, you look at Dan had COVID in the first stages, which was vicious. It wiped out a lot of people on Long Island at that time. Uh, but Dan w- struggled on over to the phone. He didn't have to, but he got on the prayer line with us with his body and the blood of Christ, the grape and the bread, and he engaged in that covenant like his life depended on it and viewed it and actually believed it, that it is medicine to his body. And guess what? A few hours later, he texted me, said, I'm, I'm healed. I can breathe. That's right. The COVID left his body. I can't. If that's not a testimony to encourage somebody somewhere out there, I don't know what is. Okay? That happened in our prayer group. Literally. Doesn't, doesn't stuff like that happen in uh, South America where they take communion deadly seriously all the time? There's Catholics. Don't they? You have should take it seriously. Too? Yeah, we should. If, and, and if we Jesus do, said and, to do it, and you do Amen. it, you're doing it in faith, and you can expect to collect. Expect to Amen. collect what? Healing for your body, rejuvenation and renewing for your body. Now, do you need that? I need it. Because yes. the Lord says he'll fill your mouth with good things, that your youth be renewed as eagles. Okay, let's think about that. You want you want to be renewed. You want organs renewed. You want your body refreshed. Let's think about the Alan's ask Alan, what do you think the best thing the Lord can fill your mouth with is? Excellent good things to eat that are packed with nutrition and God's oh, Okay, power. so that flew right over his head. Let's make the sound effect. <laughs> Right over his head. I was hoping he was going to say the body and the blood of Jesus, the covenant of Christ. That's the best well, I thing. Said it has God's healing? I said something that this has guy, God's healing power. Walnuts, apple. I mean, jeez. I'm trying to be on a spiritual level here. Listen, let's ask you again. Do you feel? Do you feel the body and the blood of Christ? would be a good thing to fill your mouth with. Yes. You do. Yes, so they if, would be. Yes. If the Lord's going to fill your mouth with that, and Jesus instructed us to do that, are you anticipating a blessing? Yes, I expect an explosion of divine health and the atoning life of God to enter into me because it's the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's do it. That's the stripes and the life of God flowing through your body. Okay, folks, do it 
in anticipation and understanding the covenant of healing. It's a healing covenant. Teal Osborne said it's the meal that heals. Okay? Now, I want to talk a little here about spiritual warfare. Me and Alan, we, we do preemptive strikes in the spirit. We have to be engaged in preemptive strikes. What is a preemptive strike? A preemptive strike is when you're hitting, anticipating that the enemy's going to hit you anyway. So you might as well hit him first. Okay? So, are you going to wait around for an attack to come on you and then attack? Let's ask Alan. Alan, are you going to wait around for the enemy to attack you and then attack? Or would you rather attack toward the attack on you? I'd rather attack before the attack, saving me from an attack and giving them problems to deal with. Amen. Preemptive warfare strike. That's what the military calls it. They wipe out the enemy's plan before the plan can come to fruition. Now, how can we do that in spiritual warfare? Let me tell you something right now. There are demons and entities and spirits that are designed to discourage you in your walk with Christ. Okay? That's their job. They're just there to keep you going around the mountain, sending you around again. There are preemptive warfare strikes you can arrange that I know work. Three-day fast, for instance. Okay? You want to supercharge yourself spiritually. On the third day, you be lifted up. The Esther fast, some call it. Engage in that. Warfare. You start doing the warfare prayers. Calling down the fire of God to roast the enemy. How could you do that? Holy Father, in the name of Jesus, I call down your heavenly fire like in Psalms 18. Hailstones and coals of fire to roast the enemy's plans and plots against me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Like that. Is that that hard? No. Now, when you engage in that in the realm of fasting, an Esther fast, if you want to call it, three days, on the third day, lifted up. Lifted up out of what? Lifted up out of your situation. And that could come through wisdom coming your way. God can bestow wisdom to you in a dream, for instance. Incidentally, if you're not writing your dreams, uh, you're in big trouble. Okay? Because if you're not writing your dreams, you're showing the Lord you're not taking your dreams seriously. All right? Let's say you have an employee and you have a meeting and everybody's taking notes at the meeting. You're the speaker, you're the CEO in the meeting room. And you got an employee in the back by the bagel bag and he's just looking at his phone, chicka chucking around. Uh, and has no notepad or anything. What would you think of that employee, Alan? I think they uh, didn't really care for working here, and they need to be probably either straightening up or moving out. Would you advance them? And checking. Go ahead. Would you advance them to to new skill sets and levels? Like no, because they had not handled basic things like paying attention, taking notes uh, at the level that they're at. They need no promotion. Actually, that gets me into a. It's it's called the law of stewardship, where uh, Jesus, the Lord Jesus said, "If you're faithful in a little, you'll be 
trusted with much. But if you're not faithful in a little, you won't be trusted with much. So we got to be trusted. We got to be trustworthy with what the Lord gives us. Amen. Like you're not going to give that employee a trip to Texas and let him stay at the Best Western to go change a couple SIM cards and have him have him an omelet, all paid for inclusive omelet in the morning. They're not going to get that. Right, Alan? That's right. That employee will not get that privilege and pleasure. Amen. Alan did get that. He was a good employee. And they were all sitting around like, who are we going to send to go change that SIM card? Alan got the job. (laughs) And to this day, he talks about that omelet that he had there. What was so great about that that omelet? That was the best omelet ever. It was the eggs were done perfectly, perfectly salted, the right amount. of It was perfect. It's all he talks about for years. It's three years now. I've been hearing about this omelet. I'm almost ready to go there and get this omelet. Now, you know what? You know why the omelet was probably good? Because they probably served it with grits. No, there were no grits on that plate. I know what grits are. There were no grits there. There was no grits. That's right. That's not a southerner then. Okay. I mean, okay. I'm a southerner, bruh. So I know this stuff. You're not a southerner. You're a Yankee. But it was still a great omelet. Without grits, okay? Good. Anyway, getting back to what I was saying, take the dreams seriously, guys, please. Pray over them. If it's something negative, bind it and rip it up and destroy it. You don't want that coming to pass. Show the Lord you're coming against that plan, and you're going to bind it. Come against negative dreams and loose the favor of God and the, and the angels of God to bring the good dreams into fruition. Nurture the dreams spiritually. Amen. I mean, okay. So these entities that are designed to discourage you are programmed from Satan himself to target believers. You're going to have more opposition from the devil when you're a believer. Let me give you an analogy. Um, you're not a libtard. You're a patriot, you believe in the Lord, and you're on Facebook. What do you think the twits over at Facebook Incorporated are going to do to your account, Alan? They're going to de-boost you. They're going to hide you as much as possible. They're going to put warning labels on all the stuff you post. They're going to – and even when you're trying to tell people that – the uh, a silk, you know, one of the COVID vaccines is a poison bioweapon. They'll block you when you send those direct messages. Uh, I had right. that happen when I was trying to tell one of my cousins about it, and Facebook's blocking my private messages to them. And like, <laughs> I was like, well, right. what are they doing? So it's so a big you, mess. Those Facebook people. So you you would be persecuted, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. Okay, let me give you another example. You're on Facebook. You're a satanic libtard. You're promoting transgenderism. You're promoting uh, rainbow flags with all types of lizards jumping around. You're promoting people injecting themselves with non-tested particles, MNRA particles in their bodies that are killing them. Um, What do you think is going to happen to your account on Facebook? 
they're going to boost you and they're going to feature you and they're not going to mess with you and all sorts of unicorns and Skittles. Amen. There you go. Now, I'm going to take it into this realm. Now, the devil, let's just say, is Zuckerberg for a second, which is kind of similar. But I'm just giving it the example, okay? Zuckerberg, Satan, right? That's going to probably get us flagged. Oh, we're not on Facebook anymore. Um, And at that point, the hierarchy demons are under him. And this is the table of uh, the Ministry of Truth under the banner of Facebook. And the devil is going to target believers. You're a believer of Christ. You're marked by the devil's kingdom. It's just the way it is. You're going to have more spiritual opposition. Okay? How are you going to deal with it? Preemptive strikes. We know what time the enemy organizes attacks. Start getting up at midnight or till three. Start loosing Babylon and confusion into the enemy's camp. Now, these discouraging spirits... I want to talk about that today because uh, this has happened to me many times, and I'm sure it's happened to a lot of us many times, where we're praying, we're believing God for something, we're standing for a blessing, and everything looks like it's lining up, and bam, the door closes, something happens. Has that ever happened to you, Alan? Yes, it has, and uh, it was my own fault. I wasn't in prayer, and I let people, I let someone uh, falsely prophesy into my life or I'd get into a fight when I was about to get a job and I'd lose the job, stuff like that. Yeah. So, so t- temptation got you in to, to raise the banner of anger or something. Uh, but guess what? That temptation might not have come to someone that was a transgender just going through the world. It, that temptation was directed more towards the believer. The believer is going to be targeted more by the devil as an opposition. Okay. Yeah, the way one person, one preacher put it is that uh, Satan hates all humanity and tries to wreck all of humanity and wreck their lives and send them to hell so they can so they can make humanity miserable and, and laugh at God. But if you if you uh, are a believer in the Lord Jesus, then Satan double hates you and you get even more of his attention for destruction. So we got to meet we got to meet the challenge of the devil by waking up early and, you know, attacking Satan before he attacks us. Amen. Preemptive strike, guys. Preemptive strikes. Uh, we do point man prayer on Fridays where we gather everybody's prayer requests. All you got to do is show up. Uh, either I or Alan will do the point man prayer. And God is moving there. Okay. The Lord is moving. We gather believing what the Lord says. Any two or more gathered in his name, he's in the middle. So says the word of God. So it is. It's very important for us to believe the word of God. Also, any two or more touching and agreeing on one thing, uh, it shall be done by our Father in heaven. There is a power in agreement. Amen means so be it. And when we're agreeing, as believers, there's a lot of power in our prayers. So we want to gather, 
get the requests out, send out the preemptive strikes. Brother Frederikus uh, uh, is being called for something, and we uh, preemptive strike that. We come against the plan. We are actively engaging in warfare every week. Okay, we're trying our what we can, everything we know how to do to watch and pray that we can escape things coming on the earth. And that's what's going on, guys. There is things coming on the earth. That, and not just the end time events. There are great outpourings of demonic oppression. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I get messages People, even in the world, people are oppressed right now by just looking at news. I mean, everything has shifted to a a new level of evil. You know, uh, Friday the 13th, Jason is an upgrade, right? We are in a new level of evil, and uh, it's compounding. It's not what it was 15, 20 years ago. We're on a new level. And that level is oppressing to your spirit, man. Uh, it is wearing on the saints. So, of course, we want to do what we can. We want to bask in the spirit of God and the comfort and the communication with the spirit of the Lord. All right? That's how we're going to make it here, guys. Wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, but the chastisement of our peace was upon him. What does that mean? That means he paid the price. You glean it right now. You ask the Lord to manifest the presence and peace of God on you and your family. Peace in itself is warfare because the enemy cannot penetrate peace of God. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ is warfare. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was instructed by Christ to the disciples. Bid peace. And if it was not received, if they felt that peace being withdrawn, they would leave. That's right. We should be using the peace of God in every situation to minister. Speak and bid the peace of God into a situation. That's warfare in itself. Because demons can't stand the peace of God. It's contrary to their kingdom. If something's contrary to the kingdom of the devil, it's going to displace them. Do you want the enemy displaced, Alan? Yes or no? Yes, we do. Uh, They need to be thrown off their game. They need to be dealing with problems. For example, there's one person I know of who uh, who threw a financial curse on me. And uh, after I was at uh, one of our Huntington meetings and John Ramirez was speaking and somehow, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, there's a financial curse on you. You need to break it. Uh, Once it was broken, uh, I told this person, hey, you need to stop sending curses to fellow Christians. And I warned him three times and uh, he, he refused to repent. So I returned it back on him sevenfold. And that's when his car and electric bike were all destroyed. And um because, uh, you know, you might say, well, why'd you do that, Alan? Well, Psalm 109 says uh, he delighted not in blessings so that be far from him. He clothed himself in cursing so that come upon him. And Psalm 79, 12 says, uh, those who curse you, Lord, let it return to him sevenfold. And when 
a witch or even a Christian curses a Christian, they're not just cursing the Christian. They're also cursing uh, the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus that live in that Christian. So um, if someone wants to be throwing curses at a Christian, uh, they need to be not having a whole lot of free time to be sending curses out. They need to be hustling for dollars. They need to be uh, be concerned with uh, the worries of the day and not having a whole lot of free time. Amen. All right. That's another form of warfare. Returning to curses, I can't tell you how many witches we've dealt with over the years. And unfortunately, they have died. They were taken out by their own witchcrafts. And it's unfortunate. Richard, you're, you're mean to them. How could you be so mean? Uh, well, we originally prayed that it would lead them to a place of repentance, which it did, by the way. I don't want to get down that road. It's another message. But getting back to uh, <laughs> whatever end arrows you're sending out, be careful if you're a warlock or a witch and you think you're just going to curse a Christian that's educated in the knowledge of spiritual warfare. Uh, those arrows can come back your way. And angels are directing those demons and curses back sevenfold on you. And you wonder why you're going down. Uh, that's why. All right? So be careful. Uh, many have not made it. We had a witch, a high-level warlock. Uh, what was his name? You know, i got to get Carl on. He messaged me uh, today. I'm going to get Carl on. He, we actually have video. You know, I have the video of that, by the way. I found the hard drive. I have it. Um, video of that warlock actually going down just before he died. Uh, that was on an island called Sikakaw Island. It's known as Witch's Island. Uh, so back then, I uh, had a lot of money coming in the ministry. And I said, hey, what can we do to stir up some trouble? So I said, let's send Carl a bunch of money and tell him to go to Seekakaw Island with a crew and do a mass deliverance over on Witch's Island. And he did it. I was like, wow, this is great. So he went over there. And, of course, the warlocks attacked him. And he was immobilized for a few days. He got a witch came into his room and Astro projected and stuck him with a needle. And he, he was uh, paralyzed. Uh, I'll have him tell the whole story, but that warlock, uh, it's on, I have the hard drive, by the way. The only problem is the hard drive power is broken on it. I need to get someone to power the hard drive up and get and the, the, the hard drive is still there. So, um, cause it's USB powered and that burnt out, but. And this was always an occurrence over there when we had meetings, weird stuff. Like we had 91 confirmed healings at a, at a, uh, with Carl Henderson, little boy's feet grew. Uh, that was on video. Maria filmed it. And that SD card melted. I was so upset because they were like unbelievable miracles. I shouldn't say unbelievable, but powerful uh, miracles that took place and were filmed and got melted. So we had this hard drive with the Warlock Incidentally, on Sikakaw Island, uh, I think you spell that S-I-Q-U-I-O-R. Uh, you can check it out. It's a uh, full of witches. But that head warlock, which every all the warlocks feared this one guy, 
and he died while while Carl was there. And unfortunately, Carl sent his curse back on him. I didn't do it. I was on the phone with Carl, and Carl said it. Let it mark the one that did this to me because he was paralyzed. Couldn't move. So um, guess what? Next day, Carl was walking, and the warlock was now paralyzed. So when they went out there with the with the motorcycle to his little camp, uh, uh, the warlock was paralyzed now. And then Carl, on the video, said to him, uh, in Tagoglog, somebody was there interpreting, but said to him, you're the one that cursed me, and that's why you're on the floor now. And he says, if you don't repent, you're going to die. And he would not repent. He shook his head. He would not. And guess what? What do you think happened to him, Alan? He died and he went to hell. Is that right? That's right. Well, he wouldn't repent. So, And here's the kicker. Uh, to get close to Carl originally, uh, he acted like he repented. He, he was acting like he was at the meeting acting like a believer. <laughs> but he, it was a trick. This is why you got to watch these warlocks, man. They they act. Don't believe every spirit. Um. So, hey, I'm wasn't gonna... it the case that at Huntington Station, um, uh, Maria would warn witches and warlocks in the audience, "Hey, we return curses. Don't be sending curses at us." And didn't we have some witch come over and like? basically fellowshipping with us i thought she was a believer person uh, well i was told by so many years ago she was a witch that's why i always had one eye open with her and uh when we had the dream of, of witchcraft and weird things happening uh we started to return it and maria warned her in a general way that you have to stop or you, you it's not going to be good and um yeah her husband became a python snake and that's on Dan has that on video, by the way. If you can get a hold of Dan, he has that guy where his body. <laughs> you got to see this video. The guy, not that he became a snake, but his body. He stuck his arm straight out, and like he looked like a snake on the ground. I mean, he literally was doing the snake wobble back and forth, and he shot across the sanctuary. And he was heading for the stairs. And I said, grab him. So we had to chase him and grab him because he was he went so fast, he was going to go flying down the stairs. This is like a snake. I've never seen anything like it. But it turned out he was the warlock. Before she died, she told me. She called me. So, but he died first. They both died pretty at the same time. But that's a dark thing to talk about. I don't like that. But here's the thing. These warlocks sneak into the meetings, and unfortunately, they go down. Because if the curses are returned, um, they, they don't. their power is not more power than Christ. And they just assume every Christian is just unknowledgeable of this, like we're kind of on a lesser, lower spirituality than them. And they are. A lot of them astral projecting and doing stuff. They think they're spiritual gurus. And to the sense they are to many, but many believers know about this and they run into some of those type believers every now and then and they wind up dead. And they have to, it's a dangerous game you're playing. So be careful. 
You know, repent. You don't want to be like that warlock in Sikiko Island. I'm going to get that video. All right, getting back to... Um, all right, Alan, you just distracted me, I believe. And it's all my fault. Mm. Yeah, like repent. <laughs> what? I don't know. Whatever you feel. Okay. Uh, I repent of... I'll let you know. Thank you. All right. Um, these spirits that are designed to hinder you and to keep you going and blessing snatchers, let me just give you in the word of God, understand that they're Prince of Persia-style demons. A Prince of Persia-style demon is a high-ranking fallen angel demon that's a principality, and it is in the high, a higher heaven than these lower-dwelling demons. There are different levels, and... That demon is there to block messages, block blessings. You should be battling against Prince of Persia type demons. And if you're not, there's a problem. Because God gave you in Scripture. Prince of Persia type demon, I come against you in the name of Jesus. Say it. Prince of Persia type demon, I come against you. You blessing blocker, I proclaim the fire and the blood of Christ to come against you and divide you right now. Let the arrows of deliverance scatter and stick and cleave to you in Jesus' name. That's not very hard. Is it? Start battling against these Prince of Persia type demons. They're They are managing to block blessings. Understand that. Understand that it took warring angels to be dispatched, okay, to get Gabriel a powerful angel. Okay, if Gabriel's being thwarted by a Prince of Persia type demon, we're talking a problem. So you understand, angels ascending and descending. There are blocker demons. There is warfare going on in the heavenlies. You can help. You can help with your participation of binding and loosing and proclaiming the weapons in the book of Psalms that are readily available to you. Yeah. Break down Psalms 18. And take a look at the hailstones and coals of fire. And ask the Lord to blow down on that situation. Hailstones, coals of fire, and lightnings to discomfit the enemy. Blow them apart. Just read Psalms 18 and proclaim it over that Prince of Persia type demon. That is warfare. Break it down. Now, I'll tell you one thing I know worked for me over the years is proclaiming the blood of Jesus over these demons. You proclaim the blood of the Jesus Christ on that Prince of Persia type demon. And I'm calling it a Prince of Persia type demon because I don't necessarily know their name, but I know their function and type that I read in Scripture, and I know their job is to block the power of God from flowing in what way? In messages, in wisdom, in whatever circumstance there might be. They're there to block a demonic canopy. You have to fight. If you understand it's there, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? 
Are you just going to sit there and go, demonic canopy, you're there, great. <laughs> no, it's not going to work. Understand it's there and fight it. Fight it. I just gave you a couple examples. Get the breakthrough. It might not happen right away, but at least you know. You can lay your head to sleep at night and say, you know what? I fought that thing. I came against that Prince of Persia type demon that's trying to block any blessing or message coming my way. I need the wisdom of God. I need the messages of God. I need those angels ascending and descending. I need a Jacob's ladder established between me and the highest throne. Oh, yeah. You want a Jacob's ladder. You are Bethel. You are the house of God. So, yeah, establish that Jacob's ladder. You want a clear conduit and come against those blockers. Amen? Amen. Getting back to these blockers, I want to read here because um, to, I, I, cause these blocker demons are freaking annoying. Okay? They're just annoying. And I've been there where I've had a door that's opening and a blessing that's manifesting and boom, the enemy came in. The enemy loves that. The enemy loves to be a snatcher. And I want to show you in scripture that this is not unusual. This is not unusual what you're going through. And I want you to hold the line. And keep on keeping on. I tried to give an analogy last week of that spider. Alan fell asleep. Well, uh, you were you were Ted strikering me for the first time. You know, I thought yeah. I should. If he goes on much longer, I might have to break out the gasoline or pull yeah, out something my, uh, that meant something to me. I felt the Lord was showing me. I felt the uh, Lord was showing me through that spider. You know, Rich, keep trying, keep casting in the net, keep. Doing what you know to do in the word of God. When the water comes, when the things break down, what you've established, keep rebuilding. Because deliverance is right around the corner. And that little spider, if you, Alan fell asleep. But if you listen to what I was saying, I watched the spider over two, three weeks. A giant deluge of water knocked his web down. He went back up and built it. Another deluge of water came. He went back up and built it. Maria came in with these stupid sticks. I don't know what she was doing with them. I would love for her to come in here and explain it. And she knocked down the little spider's web. So I said, I said, what'd you do to the spider? Why'd you destroy his web? That was his third little web he had. He's trying to find a gnat. There's no gnats in there. It's screen. Can you, can you explain this, Maria, how you did this? So she destroyed it. Yeah. So she was a picture of the enemy. All right. And I I thought he was dead. But when I looked on the ground, I saw him building another web. And he only had one strand. That's all he had left of him. One strand. Last strand. Oh, my goodness. You know, you're belittling a revelation the Lord gave me. No, 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 no. I'm just you feeling know? bad for the little guy and how right. I'm remembering now that the story had no happy ending to it. So I'm uh, like, oh, I might have saw him yesterday. Uh, did it you look like him? Yeah, it looked like him. Lots of spiders right. look like him. All right. So I'm trying to give a message on keep don't give up. Keep trying. Keep on keeping on. And he's making fun of it. But here's the deal. 
okay, he did establish one strand. And then I took him outside. I said, enough. That's how the Lord is. We keep showing the Lord we're going to keep on fighting no matter what. Now, it's not unusual. It is not unusual. Now, the children of Israel came through the Red Sea. Right? Right. Well, guess what? They had no water. They had nothing to drink. They were murmuring, and this is what the Lord said. I will stand there before you by the rock of Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this. Uh. I'm like reading the word and you're like over talking me. What? That was like a violation at Bread of Life Church. They would throw you out. (laughs) (laughs) They literally would. Um, Okay. I will stand there before you by the rock of Horeb, strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. Okay. Now in verse 8, right away we read, the Amicalites came out and attacked the Israelites. Isn't this quite interesting? So, You have the deliverance of the Red Sea. Everything's going pretty smooth. You had the water situation. God sent Moses to strike the rock, and then the enemy comes out to battle you. Okay? The enemy understands the blessings are flowing, and in its mind says, I must attack, attack. Now, here's the key. In this story, as we go through it, we understand that this battle was heated. Incidentally, if you've ever researched this battle, these were bricklayers. They didn't have much skill in warfare. There were generations raised up in Egypt, right, Alan? I mean, uh, I don't know how many generations. Was it 40? or uh, It was um, about four, at least 400 years worth. 400 years. I forget. I don't know how many Which generations. Which might be 10 generations. Yeah. Or, you know, something like that. Okay, so they weren't that skilled in warfare, like the Egyptians might have been. Uh, the Amicalites were out there, you know, fighting and warring. They were skilled in warfare. So here's a bunch of bricklayers coming through the Red Sea, singing songs of praises and deliverance. No real skill in warfare. But here's what they did have. They had the skill of uh, metalworking in their in their heritage. And that was through an unusual character, uh, Lamech, the first polygamist in Scripture. He was uh, the, the first metal worker. So this metalworking skill was with them, but they they had to construct swords immediately. <clears throat> you got to remember, this was instantaneous. They were sitting there. Make, and if you do some research on these swords, they actually have found uh, some of these swords. And it was a, a pretty vicious instrument that they made. It was pretty vicious. Um, so they immediately learned warfare tactics. Isn't this interesting? 
They immediately went into warfare to defend and to fight back, to push back this blessing-stealing demon. That's really what the Amicalite is. And that vicious weapon I was just talking about is the word of God. And they prevailed, but you know how, is when Moses lifted his arms out, which is symbolic of Calvary, get it? They prevailed. Right? So, even when you're tired, remember I touched on when we begin this broadcast how it's so important for the brethren to gather and agree as touching and agreeing? There is power in the unification of believers. And Joshua and Caleb lifted Moses' arms out, and the prevailing continued. The power of Calvary, the cross of Christ is your weapon the blood covenant that's right and we rebuke these devils in the name of the lord jesus christ maria had a dream years ago about and literally an angel was telling her and instructing in a dream how important it is to rebuke demons that believers are not doing it enough the rebuke in the name of jesus is so important so important Never forget that. You know, when Worley had a vision or somebody, in his, uh, the elder in his church, they, they, they had the vision as they were rebuking a demon and it was screaming. And the Holy Spirit showed him a vision of a giant fist punching the demon in the face. And I thought about that. I'm like, where, where, where would you see a fist coming down in Scripture? And I thought about Belshazzar. There was a giant hand and uh, I think it's Daniel chapter one or two, um, giant hand, pretty terrorizing, by the way, because Belshazzar loosed his legs or something happened. It terrified him. So this giant fist or hand that when Worley saw that was punching the demons in the face, you know, hey, this is warfare, folks, and some crazy stuff is happening in the spirit realm. Demons are being bound and dragged and chopped down, run through with swords and spears and javelins. Arrows are flowing. Fire is burning. That's what's going on. This ain't no cake bake going on, is it, Alan? No, uh, there's uh, every demon and every angel in heaven is uh, either planning on warfare or engaged in warfare. And meanwhile, the Christian is down here. Uh, repenting if they need to, worshiping God, rebuking devils, helping the poor, fighting the wicked, tithing, and uh, reading their Bibles and doing what it says. Amen. Rebuke the devil. Rebuke the demon. See, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. That's right. I come against you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, devil. I charge you and and rebuke you in Jesus' name. You're taking a, 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 a shovel to a rattlesnake. That's the kind of fierceness you say it with it's not a yeah we're not baking any cakes amen to warfare people we have to treat it like these moses and they were building swords they found this sword a vicious instrument that's the word of god lamech was the first iron worker so they had the heritage of understanding how to work with metal 
So I could just picture them scurrying around, finding metals and things they needed to construct these swords to engage in a battle from bricklayer to warrior overnight. And they had to fight for their blessing. They had the flow. They had the flow of the blessing. Look at it again. Moses took the staff and struck the rock. Immediately, the Amicalites came in and attacked. Gee, let me think about that. Blessing flowing, enemy attacking. Gee, what do we do? Blessing flowing, enemy attacking. Has it happened before in any of our lives? Blessing flowing, enemy attacking. Of course. Here's the thing. That water flowing is Christ. Let me get into that. This is why the enemy hates you, by the way, and me. John chapter 19, 34. says, water flowed from Christ when they took that spear. That's right. That's right. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 4 And all of them drank of the spiritual water, which was Christ. That flowing refreshment of sustaining that came in the wilderness that Amicalites attacked because is a prophetic type and foreshadow of Christ. And if Christ is flowing in your life, incidentally, Christ releasing that water is a picture of of the sustaining power of what was needed for them in the wilderness. They were going to die. Without water, you cannot live. Without Christ, you will not make it. And when you're understanding that, and when you're striving for that, and when you're making that your direction, like Alan said earlier, you're going to be targeted by the enemy. And... That's why the enemy is doing these snatch attacks on us. This Amicalite devil. Psalm 78, verse 15, 16. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of the rock and made it water to flow like rivers. Amen? Amen. The rock is Christ. The water is the sustaining life of God. And when you're a believer, guess what? Do you think you're going to have opposition, Alan? Absolutely. It, it says in uh, even also in First Peter chapter four verse twelve that uh, brethren think it not strange at the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing was happening. And also it says in the Psalms, uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So um, challenges and afflictions are a normal part of the normal Christian life. Sometimes uh, we accidentally uh, read the book of Job and you say, oh, that's that's before Job didn't have a covenant. Uh, That was back then, you know. Uh, But no, that's actually the active life of a believer. Joseph 
was a true believer, Joseph, son of uh, Jacob, and he had severe afflictions. But at the end, he got out of that pit and was raised to the right hand of Pharaoh even because he held on with his integrity and uh, he got the victory. Amen. And so can we get the victory? Amen. Yeah, we want to do preemptive strikes against Prince of Persia type demons, and we want to do preemptive strikes on Amicalite demons. What are they? Blessing blockers and blessing snatchers. Blessing blockers, blessing snatchers. And you say it just like that. You could direct your prayer into the spirit just the way I said it. Any Prince of Persia type demons, I come against you. Any Amicalite blessing-stealing snatcher demons, I come against you. It's right there in Scripture, folks. 1 Corinthians 10.4, read it again. And did all drink the spiritual drink, for they drank of a spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Get it? You have drank the water of Christ is flowing in your life. The Amicalites attacked when that flow began. Immediately attacked when you look at it. Immediately. And they had to go into warfare. They did not just sit around and camp. They went into construction of instruments of war. Imagine that. You're laying some bricks, and now you're banging away on metal, and you're making a strong sword, the fight, and you're holding your arms out as Moses did, symbolic of the cross, and the power of Calvary was flowing even there as a prophetic type and foreshadow to us to understand the power of the cross, to understand the covenant of Christ, and the power there is in the rebuke against these devils. Amen? Sorry. Good. What? Uh, you know, I've heard that the entire uh, conquest of Canaan that we read about is a metaphor for the warfares of the Christian life, where the amount of Canaan they conquered is proportional to their warfare and their obedience. And so it is for us. If we if we follow Jesus in all the ways and all kinds of Bible ways, then we take uh We take victories in this life. We get to have the job we wanted. We get to enjoy a good marriage. We get to serve God and enjoy peaceable times uh, amidst tribulations, amidst uh, the devil coming against us. Uh, Have you heard that also before? Uh, I was zoning out. Sorry. I'm kidding. I'm just trying to to be you. I forgive you. Uh, I'm just trying to to be you for a minute. Oh, Um, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I have, Alan. And um, I did have one thing I want you to hear. That's that? completely directed at you. Oh, great. Here it comes. Brace I think myself. you're too cool for school. But I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. Here it is. What is it? What is it? What is it? You aren't. <laughs> oh. You aren't, bro. You think you're too cool for school, but you just, you aren't. It's quite sad. But wait, I I haven't been in school in like decades. What are you talking about? You think you're too cool for school, but I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. 
What is it, genius? Lay it on me. Here what do you got to say for Here yourself? Is. Go ahead. You aren't. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. You aren't, bro. Okay. Remember that. Right. That should be the ringer on your phone right there. I'm, I'm going to go take a nap. I'm so charged by this. Thanks. All right. So here's the deal, guys. Um, let me sum it up by saying this. You have Christ is poured out on you. And because of that, you're more of a target. Me and Alan went over that earlier with a couple little analogies. And if you are targeted in the spirit by these entities and powers and blockers and blessing snatchers, we got to get into preemptive strikes. Join the Telegram group. Get into at least the point man prayer on Friday. You don't even have to do anything. You could just sit there. How hard is that? I'm going to be running around the house with the microphone here praying. All I ask of you is to agree in the prayer. You know why? Because your agreement is power. Is power for everybody we're going to pray for. We want to hit these things preemptively. We want to come against these higher level demons that are there to block the flow of messages. Did you know you might have some messages from the Lord being held up? How how does that yes. make you feel? Does that make you feel good? I don't think it makes so. Makes me feel terrible. Why don't we fight the blocker? Why don't we fight that blocker? Prince of Persia type devil. Hailstones and coals of fire scatter you into pieces in Jesus' name. Fire of God roost any Prince of Persia type devil right now trying to halter the messages of God flowing to me and my family. Amen. Let's pray like that a little bit. Just an example. Just an example. You know, David prayed in this style. When you when you look at the Psalms, there was a lot of warfare uh, illustrations there. We look at Psalms 18 especially. It's pretty violent. You know, God's coming down with darkness under his feet. Incidentally, it does say the Lord is my rock there. It starts off with that. The Lord is your rock. That flowing of water is what the enemy is alerted to and will attack. It's going to be a blessing snatcher. So you got a blessing coming. You could feel it. You know it. And there's Amicalite devils. You know, Gideon was still sifting the wheat, even though it was at the bottom of the mountain. And the Lord called him a mighty man of valor because he was still doing it. But the Amicalites and the Midianites were impoverishing the children of Israel. Children of Israel living in the cliffs of the rocks. These demons, they were snatching and snatching and snatching from them. That's right. God had to raise up a little army to begin to fight back. Let's check that story out. We'll do a message on that next week um, of Gideon's army. But I will tell you, uh, Gideon didn't mess around. He <laughs> he ripped down the altars, went out late at night, and did uh, preemptive hits. That's there for a reason, guys. Remember we talked about nighttime prayer. Well, guess what? 
Gideon did his work late, late, late at night and ripped down the groves, ripped down the Ashtaroth poles, and that's there for a prophetic type and foreshadow of warfare time because you know they're assembling around midnight to 3 a.m. That's where the demons are getting their orders, their battle plans. So what better time to attack than then, Alan? There is no better time. Amen. You want to attack later when they're established and rolling or when they're just trying to roll out? When they're just trying to roll out, that's when we want to get those Bible verses in our heads. And also, you reminded me that uh, uh, Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9, says, The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. When I started meditating on that, that's when the message of my wife being Brazilian got to Minister Richie, and then you relayed that over to me. So, yeah, we can rebuke demons, but also we can uh, dwell on the gracious, merciful kindness of God. And that's another kind of warfare, just being still and knowing that he's God or or are fixing our gaze on him and him keeping us in perfect peace, whose thoughts are stayed on him. So may we also do that. Amen. You sounded a little like Walter Cronkite there for a minute. You think you're too okay. cool for school? And I got a new slash for you, Walter Cronkite. What, you already said this, genius. I don't know why we're covering this again. Go ahead. You it. aren't. I'm ready. You oh, aren't. Okay. You aren't. You aren't. It's terrible. <laughs> I might have to break that and return it. Jesus, man, it's so bad. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty good. I am too cool for school. I am. Listen. What? Um. Okay. Join the Telegram chat. If you don't, uh, don't we have a phone number, Alan? Um, yeah, for the group chat. Yeah, for for what? Shouldn't we like announce that on the radio? Sure, man. Uh, When we meet at six thirty p.m. Eastern on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, uh, you can call us at area code six six nine. 275-1343, or you can be on the freeconferencecall.com app and join the meeting Keltron, again, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on those four weekdays, and we'll be there, and we'll be doing, uh, we'll be seeking God and and, uh, rebuking devils and receiving blessings, amen. Thank you, Alan, he remembered the number, so um, I'm not going to too cool for school him. But I will tell you this, understand that you're not alone, and we're going to fight these things together. We keep on fighting the importance of the body and the blood of Jesus as our medicine, filling our mouths with good things, youth being restored, fighting those Amicalite-type demons, fighting those Prince of Persia-type demons preemptively. Let's not wait around for these attacks, guys. Please, let's preemptively strike. Okay, that's kind of the battle plan. And that's just the way I see it, because I think we've all had enough. Have we had enough, Alan? Definitely had more than we enough. Had enough. And we, we had enough. are fully equipped. Or we're, we're, we're somewhat equipped. We're somewhat we know equipped. What we, know. We, don't, we don't know everything. We, you know, we don't know everything. It'll take all of eternity to teach us everything. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, we, we thinking you know everything is your problem. 
There are people out there that think they know everything. I saw someone talking about this today. That thinking you know everything is your problem for some people. We don't. We're learning every week here. Let's keep um, that attitude. When you think you cornered the market on everything, you, you're gonna have problems. Okay. Amen. So with that being said, uh, the Lord loves you. Alan loves you. The Lord loves you a heck of a lot more than we do. And uh, we, I'm broadcasting from Alligator Land, and Alan is broadcasting from the land of good pizza. So, That's right. With that being said, Alan, I'll give you a howl later. Thank you for joining us here today, tonight on Watcher Radio. And we'll be back next week. Amen? Amen. Thanks for having me, Richard. Thank you, sir. Good night. Let's